0: Let's mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. I reckon I've got 30 conventional wisdom um, or common sense myths. So there are things we're taught that we're supposed to assume are wise, that have stood the test of time, that I believe are either wrong Myths, the world has changed, or at least there's another side to the equation which can really help you as a start and scale up entrepreneur in your pursuit of success and happiness. This is take two, sorry, but there's no way I'm doing 30 minutes plus with something stuck in my tooth. So give up, start again. You know, they say never give up. Yeah, if you've got something stuck in your tooth and you're doing a live, give up, start again. So I've got about 30 of these, and I, I think we could make this uh, quite fun. So first things first is if you're watching on the live, please put in the comments anything you think that um, is regarded as true, but actually maybe is counterintuitive. I'll give you an example here. So I put a little post up in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community um, and I asked the people to give their thoughts on what soundbite wisdom we're supposed to hold as true, which actually isn't. And Robert has said, Robert Terry said, the customer is always right. So I guess he thinks. They're not always right. The market is saturated. That's such a common one. That's Carl Simpson. The amount of times I hear people say, oh, the market's saturated, which means they did five minutes research and they're scared. Uh, and so they don't get in the market when, in fact, most markets aren't saturated. Um, trust your gut instinct. I'm actually going to cover that. That's another one from Robert Terry. I think in many ways it's actually bad to trust your gut instinct. And I'll explain why. So what I'll do is I'll list the 30 of them. I'd love you to share some of the things that you think are common sense and conventional wisdom, which you just don't agree with. And you see people spout all the time and you think, wait a minute, this is not true. So the first one is never give up. I'm going to talk about that and what you should. Um, You have nothing to fear. Yeah. All right. Famous last words. Best things come to those who wait. Uh, uh, uh. Um, Build it and they will come. That's one of my favourite Um, Ignorance is bliss. My dad had a saying about that. Still does. He's still going. Um, Take big risks. Go big. Go all in. I don't think they're good. That's good advice. Um, Never have a plan B and then you can focus on the plan A. Mm -mm. Uh, Don't listen to those uh, without experience. This is an interesting one we'll discuss. Um, If you want something done properly, do it yourself. I hear so many startup entrepreneurs failing, saying that all the time. Put in the comments ones that you think, by the way, uh, that you hear a lot that you don't agree with. Um, If you want to outsource a hire, you have to learn the job first. I think that's completely wrong. Um, You should hire on attitude first and only um, uh, and uh, not experience. Don't agree. I think that's really bad advice and a lot of people saying that. Um, Setting goals and targets is a good thing. There's a downside. Um, Intelligence and what that really is. I think there's a lot of myths around that. Money can't buy you happiness. (laughs) One of my favourites. Oh, Deborah said I look so young. Yes, when I have spiky hair and no beard, I look 15. Whoa, not old enough to give advice. All right, what else have we got here? Laziness is a bad trait. Mm, Not always. Don't be morbid. You hear that people say that a lot. Don't be morbid. And we'll talk about that. The power of vulnerability. This is a massive one. I've had a couple of revelations on this recently. Um, I'm not always very powerful to be um, vulnerable. Um, Life and business and success are hard. I'll talk about why I don't agree with that. Keep your opinions to yourself. Mm, I clearly don't agree with that. Um, I'm not creative. Some people are not creative. I can't come up with good ideas. Don't agree with that at all. Being a jack of all trades and a master of none is a bad thing. Uh Uh-uh. Always be hustling 24-7, 365, no days off, hashtag. Yeah, bollocks. Um, the myth of work-life balance, always trusting your gut. I think that's bad advice, I really do. And then stick with what you know. I also think that that's bad advice. Right, so like I said, in the comments, let me know if there are any you think, because I'm probably going to do a bit of a series on this, because um, well, I had some good feedback from a thread I did, and I get asked this quite a lot. Um, and look, in business, um, you, you do have to do things differently if you want to be successful because most companies that start don't go beyond three years, then five years, then 10 years. You know, I mean, I know the figures are generic, but they say that, what, 90% of businesses fail in the first one to three years. And then I'm sure again, 90% of them fail in five to 10. So actually, you do have to be a bit of a unicorn, a bit of a contrarian if you want to be really successful in what it is you're doing that you follow me for. So if we are told to observe the masses and do the opposite, we're told to Told to be contrarian thought um, thinkers and leaders and spot opportunities in times of hardship and trouble. More millionaires are made in a recession than at any other time. And be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Look, you've heard all of these sayings by very successful people. I'm sure you have. I have too. And what that really means is if you want to be successful, you actually have to go against the herd, against the conventional wisdom and against the common sense. So this could actually be some of the best content you've ever had from me because it's it's pretty much reversing what most people say. Um, OK, so most people say never give up, never, ever give up, never give up on your goals, never give up on your dreams. Well, your goals will change two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years as you evolve through your um, decades. Get this. I'm 40. I couldn't believe this today. I'm 42, but I've been alive for six decades or in six decades. 70s, 80s, 90s, two thousand 2010s, 2020s. So I've got six decades of experience. I belie my youthful looks, even though I'm 41. Um, But I've given up on loads of things that were wrong for me. And actually, I haven't given up on things that I should have given up on. Architecture. Did it for a week. Hated it. But my ego told me not to give up because I didn't want to look like a failure in front of people I didn't even know. So it's actually a strength to give up, not a weakness to give up. And the key is knowing what to give up on. And in your life, you will have to give up on most things. Like how many things in your life are going to stay with you forever? probably not your job or career or your business model, statistically, probably not your um, partner. Um, So when you're, if you're 40 now, when you're 60 or 70, pretty much everything is likely to be different, give or take one or two mainstays. So actually, giving up is a strength. And if you hold on to things for ego or for belligerence, or because you're told to never give up, hmm, that could be really bad. Uh, I do think that, yeah, giving up on bad relationships, giving up on good, bad partnerships, Giving up in bad marketing campaigns, giving up spending money in the wrong place. There's so many things we've got to give up on and give up quickly and not be weak. Give up on, um, you know, bad, bad staff members, etc. So as your goals are likely to evolve and change and you have to keep tweaking and changing them. Like uh, the, um, I think the, I'm, I'm not sure if it's GPS, but you know, the, the satellite navigation that navigates aircraft. Apparently it's off course for like 98% of the journey. It's just always constantly tweaking to get back, tweaking to get back. Um, and that is you, really. And you should definitely give up on old ideas that are out of date. Definitely give up on old beliefs and definitely give up on old habits. OK, number two, you have nothing to fear or oh, you can eliminate fear. You know, you could it's, it's possible to have no fear unless you have the part of your brain which um, kicks out whatever chemicals make you feel fear. Unless that part of the brain is there's something wrong with it, then um, fear is an absolutely necessary emotion for survival. If you didn't have it, you'd be dead. End of fact. So when people say, oh, you have nothing to fear and you can eliminate fear and you should have no fears. It's bullshit. It's really bullshit. Fear is necessary for human survival. So I believe stop being delusional about thinking that you can get rid of fear and eliminate fear and start contextualising the fear. Like if your um, life is in danger, you need that fear. And if you don't have that fear, you're going to be dead soon. Um, But if what's happened is society has evolved so fast and our brain hasn't evolved enough. So, you know, fear of public speaking, that's not contextualised, is it? Because you're probably not going to get shot for public speaking. So um, contextualise the fear. Should you really be scared of it? Is it worse than you think? And then manage the fear, like feel the fear and do it anyway, as has been said. um, Was that Susan Jeffers in her book? Um, So I think it's far more wise to manage the fear, contextualise the fear, that, uh, you know, uh, face the fear and still feel it. Um, but it actually keeps you safe in a lot of places in your life and you really need it. Jackie said, do one thing every day that scares you. Yeah, but not to, you know, this is, I'm going to talk about taking risks, so I'll save it for that. But actually, you know, how much should it scare you? You know, should you jump out of an airplane without a parachute? No, you'd be dead. So actually, you've got to be careful how much you face the fears um, and what fears you face. Anyway, I'll I'll come to that soon. OK, next, best things come to those who wait. That's bollocks. Best things come to those who go and get them. Best things come to those who make it happen. Um, I, for many years, would never approach a girl. And there were girls that, um, I say this with humility, I'm, I'm getting old now, I've not got it anymore. But I was all right back then. Um, but they were checking me out, definitely checking me out. It would, they were checking me out. And I didn't have the courage to go and speak to them. And off they went with another bloke. Um, so, and in, in the end, I managed to actually pluck up the courage to go and talk to her. A woman 15 years ago and and we're married now Um, and I've been with her 15 years. So, no, the best things don't come to those who wait. The best things come to those who go and get them. Now, waiting is very different to patience and it's very different to long-term thinking. Long-term thinking, patience, then letting things mature and evolve and knowing that it's a marathon and not a sprint. That's very different from um, waiting. Um, John has said only fools rush in. I guess that's one of his um, pieces of advice he thinks is not um, particularly wise. Um, yeah, look, don't do things without thought. But actually, when it comes to going and approaching someone, you know, that you might want to ask out on a date, for example, or, you know, asking someone to be on a podcast or going to see a celebrity when you're out and about to get a photo done and to, to talk to them, for example, um, you know, waiting and, and not just going for it. You talk yourself out of it. Um, so, yeah, now, like I said, there's a big difference between wait. I think waiting is often procrastinating. Um, patience and long-term thinking is different, and that's obviously, obviously smart, um, but not too patient. Okay, next then, build it and they will come. That is just, I'm sorry, I just don't believe that. Build it, then go and get them and fucking drag them over to your establishment. Um, marketing is the single most important function of any business. Um, and marketing is really getting people in the shop. If you have a shop, sales is obviously the transaction you do in the shop. But you don't do any sales if you don't have anyone in the shop. And getting people in the shop is marketing. And anyone who's ever, has anyone ever been in retail? Put your comment below if you've ever been in retail or had a shop. Because I bet you when you open the door on the first day and you just expected everyone to flood in and no one came in. You have to go and get them. You have to do campaigns. You have to be creative. You have to do PR. You have to do marketing. You have to keep shouting from the rooftops over and over. i built it. Get the fuck over here. Not build it and they will come. I'm sorry. that's, That's dreamy. I'm um, all right, I've got two bars left on my podcast. I just, I, I think this will end up being a good one, I hope. So I don't want it to die. By the way, um, thank you, Robert, for the stars. Robert's just giving me stars. Um, I'm going to be carrying on this thread and I've got a few surprises coming up soon in the, um, in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community. So make sure you're in that Facebook group. It's a sister group to my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Just search Disruptive Entrepreneur, Disruptive Entrepreneur community on Facebook. All right, next massive myth then. Ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. It's ignorance. Um, My dad always used to say ignorance is not bliss. It's ignorance. You do not know what you do not know. And that's probably bad because if you want to make more money, you want to build your entrepreneurial business, you want more clients, you want more reach, more impact, more income. There's things that you don't know that you need to know in order to achieve those aims and goals. So ignorance is not bliss. I don't think it is at all. That's a simple, quick one. We can move on from that. Take big risks. You know, I know I say. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. But I don't say risk everything to risk everything or take massive risks. Yes, you should take risks, but you should take incremental risks, progressive risks. You should not go all in. That's next, I think. Um, and I, yeah, Connor has just said here build it and they will come. If only it was that simple. Connor's a watchmaker, he's a lovely man. Um, and if he just made it, it, wouldn't it be great if he could just sit there all day making watches and then just put them on the table and then his clients would knock on the door? Connor, have you made another watch out? There it is, I'll pay you double. No, you know, it, a lot of people say, oh, all you need is a really good product. No, 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 no. Wake the fuck up. You need a good product, you need good marketing, you know, you need like <sighs> passion, enthusiasm, relentlessness, persistence, commitment. John Paul, thank you for the 2,000 stars. You're a legend. Um, OK, so incremental progressive risks, not massive ones. Um, you know, the, the t- a leap too big can end up breaking you. Next then, um, go big or go home. Go all in. No. Going all in is such some of the worst business advice I've ever heard. Uh, going all in is a gamble. Why would you put all your money in? Now, OK. Um, the, the stories of entrepreneurs like um, James Dyson, who got, what, nearly 20 million in debt. Um, and, and then Dyson was a multi-billion pound company. How many people out there have remortgaged their house and put all their cash into a business and lost it all? I bet you eight out of 10 business owners that ever started. Um, I don't know that for a fact, by the way. But the, for every big success story, glory story that's on, um, on the Tinternet or on iTunes um, or Netflix in it, then what about all of the other gambles that didn't pay off? Um, you know, the odds are always in favour of the house. So don't go all in. You don't need to. You can have contingencies. You can, um, you know, like, for example, if you did Facebook ads, you wouldn't just go and spend a shed load of money on Facebook ads straight away. You'd be an idiot. You should test ads, uh, links, landing pages, conversion environments you know, on small budgets and make lots of small um, continual mistakes and improvements. OK, right. And why does it have to be so binary? Why does it have to be all in, all or nothing? You know, go big or go home. Why do we have to talk in such binary language, in such black and white when there are 50 or 500 shades of grey? Yeah, but I guess sound binary content, um, you know, uh, black and white, soundbite-y, extreme, one-sided, I guess that makes for nice Instagram quotes and things like that. But in reality, I'm not sure it's that helpful. for any training that we might run. Not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anythings. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters, and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Okay, next. Don't have a plan B. Then you'll commit to a plan A. Um, No, no. If you didn't have a plan B in this lockdown, you were probably screwed. Um, And actually, when this lockdown happened, I made a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. It's actually smart to make a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. Now, don't spend all your time making a plan B and not focus on plan A. And don't not focus on plan A because you've got a plan B. I get that part. But actually, you know when you worry or you know when you just want to evaluate the risk or, um, you know, you're just being careful or consider or thoughtful. That's when you can spend a bit of time making a plan B. It's probably going to take you, what, a tenth of your time? a a, a 50th of your time to create a plan B or a plan C, or at least what you would do in the eventuality. I mean, aircraft don't crash much, but, you know, you're always taught the safety procedure. It's pretty wise to have a plan B if the plane goes down. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, I I get it, but it's just one sided. Now, and let me just clear something up, by the way. Um, Much of this advice is dangerous. But of course, it works in certain situations. Otherwise, people wouldn't be giving it. But I think for being a disruptive and contrarian entrepreneur, much of this advice I'm saying I think is wrong or dangerous or out of balance or one-sided. And in reality, everything has two sides, I believe. So um, there is black and white and love and hate and good and bad. There is, um, of course, upside and downside and downside and upside. There's always something to learn in a challenge. There's equal challenge and support. So actually, I mean, if I wanted to, I could argue either these um, you know, ignorance is bliss, for example, or something that you really don't want to know. Um, it's good to be ignorant about or something that it's a waste of your time to know. It's good to not know. So I'm ignorant about a lot of things that go on in my company. But actually, if I knew everything that was going on in my company, that would take me about 48,000 hours a day, which I don't have. So, of course, um, you can look at this at any, any side, but conventional wisdom looks at it usually at one side and I'm looking at, at the other. Okay, what have we got next then? Don't listen to those who don't have any experience. Mm, This is really common. And of course, if you're going to invest, then you're going to want to learn from mentors and educators who have been there and done it. That I completely agree with. But you should actually listen to everyone and you can learn from everyone. And uh, people don't always need a load of experience um, just for you to be able to learn something from them, because I think you can learn something from everyone. So really, that's not so much that um, you should listen to people with no experience. It's just to warn you to not demean anyone or ignore someone or what they might say just because you don't deem them to have the experience necessary because you may miss out on some valuable information because I think we can learn from anyone. And also, you tend to look down on people with that attitude, oh, I can't learn anything from you because you're you're not a millionaire or whatever. But actually, you might have some good advice or you might have some transmutable experience from a different industry or somewhere in your life that I don't know that you've got experience from. We've all got a unique set of values. Okay, right, we've all had a different experience in life and we can all learn from each other. Um, horizontal relationships, we're all equal, but we all do different things and can learn from each other rather than hierarchical, subordinated, vertical relationships. All right, great. What have we got next then? If you want something done properly, do it yourself. No, that is such a small business owner, stressed, frustrated, one, two man band, landlord instead of investor, you know, really self employed. Um, handy person um, instead of actual entrepreneur. So if you want something done properly, give it to someone who knows how to do it. Um, Give give a job to someone who's well qualified to do it and pay them a small amount of money to save your time so you can do what you're best at. You cannot do everything. You have to let go to grow. And it's a massive myth that if you want something done properly, do it yourself. If you want something done properly, give it to someone who knows how to do it properly. And that's probably not you. Okay, next then, if you want to hire or outsource, you first have to learn the job and you have to know what they're doing to be able to control them and manage them. Again, complete myth. Um, I don't know how to use Sage, Infusionsoft, Lithos, Photoshop, and whatever other systems and software of which there's dozens more probably. I don't know how to use any of them. I, I don't even have the logins for any of those I've just met. Oh, I've got a Lithos dashboard login now, but not a back end login. But I don't even have the logins for most of our, our software and systems. And if I had to learn all of those software and systems before my team did them, again, I'd need 48,000 hours a day. So um, I want to hire people who can teach me and I don't have to learn what they do because they're so good. They're better than me. And it's just a myth that you need to learn everything yourself. That's a control freak mentality. Okay, next for me, this is a big one. I just don't know where. So there's all these people that are going out there saying you should only hire on attitude. Attitude first, because that can be taught, but experience can't. Higher on attitude over experience. I, I think that's completely wrong. Now, um, would you like people to fit in with your culture? Yes. Um, would you like people who have got a, a progressive attitude? Yes. But would you, ra- would you like to have a coder um, in your organisation? Or a web designer, web builder, webmaster? who wears your t-shirts and is in with the culture and is happy and loves the place and is friendly with everyone, but can't do their fucking job. No, you wouldn't. I will quite happily have a grumpy bastard coder um, if they're brilliant at coding. And if they're brilliant at coding, I'll go put them in the corner of the room. I'll go give them a load of Red Bull. I'll give them a powerful computer. And look, You don't want to talk to us. We don't want to talk to you. That's fine. But you're fucking good at your job. And I respect you for that. Now, go do your fucking good job. And let me give you all the resources that you need in the career progression and pay you well. So um, actually, a lot of the time you hire on experience. Now, in an organisation, you know, like in a football team, for example, of course, you have um, defenders, midfielders, attackers, wingers, strikers, number 10s, keepers. You have all these different um, positions. And actually, a lot of the time, these people are playing in their own position. They're not all chasing for the ball like the kids' football matches. So they have a specific job to do and they have to do that job well. Um, and I actually think attitude can be taught as well. And culture can be taught. Just look at a footballer who doesn't really seem to thrive under a manager. And then you bring in a new manager and then all of a sudden they thrive. So attitude can be taught because um, people say that, um, sorry, experience can be taught and attitude can be taught. And people assume that experience is easier to teach than attitude. But actually, no, you can teach your culture. If you bang the drum of your values, our values are progressive, innovative, personal. Progressive, innovative, personal. That, that can be taught. I think, look, I've hired people who maybe were paid 10 or 15% less and were about a 1,000% less good than someone I paid 10 or 15% more who were about a 1,000% more. So, uh, you, look. It's nice if you have both and you don't always have both, but you don't have to choose again. Life isn't black or white. Okay, next then, setting goals and targets is really good. You've got to set goals. Yes, of course you've got to set targets and goals. But you've also got to be realistic that there will be equal downsides that you're faced with and presented with. Um, Some people call um, the, the reverse of goal setting fear setting. What could go wrong? What do we have to factor in? So when you're setting goals, don't be delusional that it'll be one sided, that you'll get all the upside and none of the downside. And it is very common for big thinkers and ex, um, excitable entrepreneurs to set big goals, thinking that, yeah, yeah, go big or go home, set big goals. You know, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you'll hit the stars. But uh, if you shoot for the moon and you miss and you don't even get off the ground, that's pretty demotivating. And the bigger the gap between where you want it to be and where you are will be the bigger the frustration, depression, anxiety, um, beating yourself up. Well, thank you for all the people sending the stars in, by the way. I hope you're finding this useful. So when you set goals, you also have to set realistic expectations, downsides, challenges, and you have to, have to figure out what can go wrong as well. Um, so wisdom, I believe, is seeing downsides in upsides or upsides in downsides in the moment, not afterwards. You know when, you, when something that was happening to you or you, you endured, it was horrible in the moment and you just felt so much pain. And then a year or two later, you look back and you went, hmm, that was actually one of the best things that happened to me. Could be a partnership breakup, you know, it could be a legal case, it could be trolling and hating online, it could be all sorts of things. And in the moment, you couldn't see any good. And when people are saying, oh, you know, there'll be upsides and this is the only thing positively, there's always positives, you won't smack them in the face. But then two years later, you could see them all because there always is them. But wisdom is seeing them in the moment and not one or two years later, you know, when all the um, emotions have subsided. And if you've got any things that you think people say all the time, other influencers or common sense and conventional wisdom that actually think, you know what? I don't think that's right. Stick them in the comments. Maybe we'll do a little series. Let's see how it goes. Okay, next, then this is a big one. Intelligence. What is intelligence? Because intelligence seems to be about book smarts or education or IQ conventionally. And I actually think in business, um, I don't think it counts for a huge amount. I think EQ Um, Emotional intelligence um, is right up there um, with a, a good education. A good education might get you into the job, but then what gets you to progress through the job is something else. So managing people, managing your ego, emotional intelligence, being adaptable to change, managing those emotions, managing those relationships. These are all smarts, whereas I think intelligence often is deemed as education book smarts, well-read, you know, well-spoken. And um, often that's actually a veil. I know a couple of people I can think of who are very articulate and it's really a veil for um, a lack of entrepreneurial or situational or human awareness. Okay, next then, money can't buy happiness. I'm just going to say it fucking does. What a load of shit that is. Now, look, money money in and of itself, um, on its own, will not make you happy, but what money can do is buy you the things that make you feel more happiness. So you can have freedom with money. You can have relationships, time, choice. All these things are actually well greased with money. If you wanna go and do a philanthropic um, venture, then you might need your overheads paid, which is paid by money. If, if someone paid your mortgage and paid your car off and everything else and you have time and freedom to go and do the things that you love. Often the things that you want to do that you love, you can't do them because you haven't got enough time. Because you're too busy working, trying to earn the money to get the time. But then you're working all the time that you don't have the time. So it's utter shit when people say money can't buy happiness. When do you ever when do you ever hear a wealthy person say that? You don't. you skin bitter, pissed off. People say that. So let's put that to bed. OK, next then. Laziness isn't a great trait. Um, it isn't in the, um, in the pursuit of entrepreneurial success, um, if that's what you want. I, I say that because most people follow me for that. But being lazy on non-income generating tasks, being lazy on admin, being lazy on low priority and being lazy enough to try and find the quickest win actually is not always a bad thing. I believe it was Bill Gates that said, if you want something done, give it to a lazy person. Um, other people have said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So um, don't underestimate your laziness when you're trying to make a shortcut or find a quicker, easier way, because sometimes you do find a quicker, easier way. Just make sure you're not being lazy on income generating tasks, high priority tasks, key result areas, etc. All right, next is don't be morbid, don't be so negative. You know, you hear that a lot. And actually, being morbid and thinking about your death before you're dead and reflecting on your morality, I actually think that can be a very powerful thing. Um, because it can get you to consider your life. It can get you to live your legacy while you're alive now, not wait until you're dead. It can warn you and scare you into living now and making a difference now. But so many people are living their lives right in that middle bandwidth of nothingness. Um, And and I think it's really important to feel. You know, I mean, none of us want to feel the lows, but the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows, the roller coaster coaster of life. I think that that really, 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 um, helps us contextualize life okay next then is the power of vulnerability now this is so common oh it's so good to be vulnerable it's powerful to be vulnerable um, the power of vulnerability was that Brene Brown now look let me just put into this into context because I've obviously I've um, been pretty vulnerable on some of my content and I've talked a lot about my therapy and my challenges in the right environment, to the right people, at the right time. Of course, being vulnerable and open and sharing your deepest, darkest challenges and fears can be very powerful and empowering. But I've had a couple of interesting lessons recently about being vulnerable to the wrong people at the wrong time. And then they can just completely take that and twist that and turn that against you and use that against you um, and use it as a power play on you. Um, So actually, some people will abuse your vulnerability. Um, so I think with um, being vulnerable and open and emotional and candid, you have to choose wisely because I can think of two, maybe three instances in the last sort of four months where um, I've probably not sensed when I shouldn't have used it um, because I've seen it. I, I've, I'd only really ever seen upside for the last couple of years in, in being vulnerable. Uh, and sometimes you have just got to um, man up as they say, or put your big girl pants on, as they say. Um, so, yeah, just something to think about there. Um, yeah. Right. Next then is life and business and success. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's a struggle. It's hard. Well, it's new, actually, um, because, you know, when you've done um, martial arts for 15 years, a lot of those techniques and those forms, they're just, they're just oh, like a butterfly. They're just so easy and graceful. Anything that you do that you've known for years and years and years and years and years seems effortless. So actually, um, that's not hard. It was hard, but it isn't now. So life isn't hard. Life is a journey and life has equal support and challenge, equal struggle and um, reward. It's um, sometimes effortless and graceful and sometimes messy and chaotic and challenging. Um, So there is all. But I think when you start to say to yourself, it's hard. The assumption is I might not be able to do this. I can't do this. I don't know if I've got what it takes. When in fact you have, it's just new. Every master was once a disaster and every winner was once a beginner. And, you you know, when you start yoga, you're not going to do the splits. When you start martial arts, you're not going to get in the ring. Um, Anything you start at, it's going to be hard. When you go to the gym for the first time, it's hard, but it's not. It's just new and you're not used to it and you'll get used to it. So I think that's a really good reframe in your mind. Whenever you say to yourself, it's hard, just remember it's new or new to you. Because um, where you are struggling, someone has mastered it. And there's something that you're mastering that someone is struggling with. Just think it helps you um, not give up on the things that are important to you. Not beat yourself up that you're not doing well enough, etc. Okay, next, keep your opinions to yourself. Well, you know, not all of us were taught this. I clearly wasn't because I've clearly got too much of my opinions. Well, I kind of have a brand around it, so that's okay. Um, but we all have equal rights to our opinions. And actually, as long as you're not calling your opinion a fact, you have just as right as anyone else to give your opinion as much as they have their right to. I just think where um, maybe we need to be careful is when we're making out that our opinion is fact or when we're giving our opinion with such volition that just because you give your opinion louder doesn't make it more right. It's just an opinion. But you're allowed an opinion and I'm allowed an opinion and I'm allowed to share an opinion and you're allowed to share an opinion. And actually, um, whilst yes, in some regards, opinions can be noise, Opinions can be insightful, useful. You can get a wealth of experience from people. You can get your problems solved. You can solve problems for others. You can create a, a great open culture. Like if you have a staff in an organisation, you want them to share their opinions. People are on the front line. That you, you know, you're, you're, If you're an entrepreneur, you're not always on the front line. You don't always speak to all your customers. At least when you grow, you don't. And the opinions of your customers and the opinions of your, um, you know, your staff and your suppliers, they're all valuable and you can learn from them all. So, encourage people to share their opinions. Don't keep your opinions to yourself and don't make other people keep their opinions to themselves. Just as long as you're not spouting it as fact when it's not. Okay, this is a big one. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six left. I hope you're finding this useful. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a fun one. Remember, I'm going to be putting this and content like it in the disruptive entrepreneur community. So, make sure you join that Facebook group. Um, I'll accept you in um, by the end of this video. Or if you're listening to the podcast, I'll just. Just request to join, and I'll accept you in. Uh, we've got some big guests coming up on our podcast. By the way, we've got um, a half billionaire, five hundred millionaire female. Um, I said just say female, just because we've been trying to get more females, and we've we've succeeded there, which is great. We've got Michelle Moan. We've got um, someone who founded Atari. I read his book called "Finding the Next Steve Jobs." It's just a brilliant book. I'm so excited to get him. His name's Nolan Bushnell. We've got two or three more billionaires booked soon. So, yeah, we've got great guests coming up on the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Okay, next then. Um, I'm not creative. I can't come up with ideas. You know, some people are creative, some people are not. It's just the way you're born, your creativity is, you you know, you're either born with it, it's part of you. No, it's all bullshit. No, everyone is creative. Everyone is creative because we create human beings, I believe, are um, one of the few, if only species, that, that can use idea so powerfully to just create. Um, you know, many animals either don't have that um, consciousness or if they had an idea, what could they build and what could they do? But we can come up with anything from an idea. Uh, and just because someone is artistic or creative because of the way they dress and act and speak, thank you for the stars coming in, by the way, uh, doesn't mean that you're not. A coder can be creative. You know, an analyst can be creative. Someone data driven can be creative. Um, So, actually, we're all creative. Why? Because we create. Creation is creative and creating is creative. So, never tell yourself you can't come up with ideas. Never tell yourself you're not creative. If you serve, if you solve, if you scale, if you figure something out, if you tweak, if you test, if you improve, if you model and then add your own unique flavor, if you go and ask people, this is all being creative. I mean, Rage Against the Machine, a band I love, they were kind of quite influenced by, on the one hand, kind of hip hop and on the other hand, um, kind of rock and maybe a bit of heavy metal. Excuse me. So they actually didn't do anything new. They just spun and made a hybrid, their own unique take on things that had influenced them. That's very creative. And if you think most music evolves from its influences. Tahino said, I'm creative. You're all creative and never let anyone tell you you're not. And remember, a solution to a problem, a practical one, a logical one, um, a numbers driven one, an algorithm. These are all creative as well. Okay, great. I I think we should stop separating creative and non-creative people. Okay, next then, big conventional myth is being a jack of all trades and a master of none is a bad thing. Well, actually, as an entrepreneur, you've probably got to be a generalist if you want to be a big one. So, you know, if you've got to a bit about sales, a bit about marketing, a bit about leadership, a bit about strategy, a bit about vision, a bit about finance, you've got to get KPIs and data and analytics. You've got to be able to speak to your clients. You've probably got a bit of a public speaker. There's so many things you've got to do quite well as an entrepreneur. Um, so entrepreneurs, managers, leaders, we are often generalists. And actually, being a jack of many trades can be really good in the right career. Of course, in certain careers, it's best to go deep and be a master of one. But here's the thing. I um, have never had a one thing. I actually, um, I really admire and respect. And there's about 2% envy for people who found their one thing. But um, let me know in the comments, by the way, have you found the one thing that is right for you for the rest of your life ever? Like Rory McIlroy who found golf um, or Mozart who found music um, or, you know, whoever. Um, Because I reckon most people on this planet do not find their one true thing. I think we have often a blended or a mixed set of values. And often people who find their one thing have a very highly concentrated set of um, values or not many values. So um, if you haven't found your one thing ever, um, then you're probably wise to be a jack of all trades. And even Connor, who said, yeah, I found my one thing. He's into watches and I'm really pleased with him about that. He's still got to know sales. He's still got to know marketing. He's still got to look after his clients. He's still got to know what's going on in his industry. Um, And with watches, of course, you've got design. You've got functionality, you know, form and function, the um, the the, the, the classic trade-off between the two. So even someone who knows what he's got to do, which is his one thing, he's still got to be a bit of a generalist. So it's just a bit of a myth that you have to be um, a master of one. You can be a jack of a few trades, just not a jack of 28 million. Um, And remember, and this is really important, it's come up two or three times already. um, Those who survive are those most adaptable to change, not the strongest, not the fittest. Okay, we've got four left. Always be hustling. 24, 7, 365. No days off. No, no, no. That's glorified. But I'm sorry, it's unsustainable. Um, When, you know, when people say hashtag no days off, that's bullshit. Everyone needs a day off. Um, You get burnout. You get mental health issues. You make mistakes. You get emotional. Um, Science has actually shown that the top performers are the best at rest. Um, So those that can rest and recover the quickest, you know, some bodybuilders, they'll sleep two or three times a day. And Paula Ratcliffe used to sleep in the day. So actually, your rest and recovery and how well and how quickly you rest and recover is as important as always be hustling 24-7, 365, no days off. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's okay to balance with family and friendships and social and well-being. Uh, I just think it's a real myth. Um, Of course, if you're really young and you're lazy, then you probably need to work a bit harder. Um, And if you've got some catching up to do. Um, But, you know, as you get older, I think that other things become important as well. Cool. All right, work-life balance. I do think that's a myth. I think that it's fleeting. I think uh, you get balanced for about a day and then it's gone. It's always changing and moving. The only thing really guaranteed about life is evolution, that things will change. Things will grow and things will die. Things will go into order and then things will go into chaos. And it's always moving. So once you've got your work-life balance sorted, something will change. It will get disrupted and it will get unbalanced. So I prefer blend. I prefer, um, you know, the idea of focusing on what's most important to you, having a, a solid routine, tweaking, improving that routine, and knowing that it's changing. Um, and really, this whole sort of ideology that you can find a work-life balance and then stay there forever. I, I, you know, Tamsin's just said here, work harmony, not balance. Yes, exactly. Harmony and blend, how they interact. And, and how you feel as well. Because some, if you've got children and they're on half term or summer holidays, um, your routine needs to be different. Mine's different when my kids are off school. Um, if you're starting your business, you've obviously got to work, work a lot more. If you're hiring staff, you've got to work differently. If you've um, got a big company, you've got to think about strategy and vision and 10-year plan. So it's always changing and evolving. So I think it's just a myth. People are looking for this destination of work-life balance. It's always changing. Okay, two more then. Always go with your gut. Trust your gut. Oh, I'm sorry. And I did a bit of a rant about this and I had a few pe- intuitive people who... Um, or self-proclaimed intuitive people who got pissed off with me. Ironic that, isn't it? Um, But um, I think when it comes to reading human beings, I think human beings are very good at reading human beings. And I think if there's something that feels really, really, really fishy in a, a trusting or vulnerable situation, absolutely, you should trust your instinct. But human beings are also very susceptible to confirmation bias and cognitive bias. And actually, a lot of the time, we cannot trust that confirmation bias or cognitive bias or ego that protects and defends us and you know, is, um, won't let us be vulnerable and won't be honest. So actually, um, our intuition and our gut can be very misleading and we can filter um, important information and we can have our own upbringing and, and beliefs and values which actually cloud our neutrality. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Also, emotions are strong in you. Emotions are strong in you, young Padawan. <laughs> so, um, you, need, you know, logic often goes out the window when you're highly emotionally volatile. I'll give you an example. The sunk cost fallacy. You put you some money into something, you lost it, you dump more and more and more and more in to try and get your money back. That is a well-known phenomenon, sunk cost fallacy. So actually, um, and here's another thing. If you don't have any experience, you can't trust yourself because you don't have any experience. How can you have intuition on something you don't have any experience in? So in a new industry, a new niche, something you're getting into, you have to trust the people who've been there before, not you, because you haven't got the experience. Now, Tamsin has said here, heart always wins over head. I think that's only if you separate the two, because actually, I think your heart is an organ in your body and your head is just a thing on the top of your neck. Um, And I think that's a human being's way of compartmentalising meaning. But in reality, what is heart and what is head? I believe science has shown that um, there is information about all your body and every cell of your body. Um, so, And that, that lends me to believe, actually, we can't separate logic from emotion, heart from head, you know, intuition from um, thoughts. So I think that they're far more complicated and intertwined than that. Um, and I think a sense and a feeling, intuition, if you like, that can come in feelings, but that can come in thoughts. Um, and, that, and you react to situations in the environment and reminders and your own experience and past. But remember, your experiences and past are biased. And, and, and they're somewhat insular. And you haven't got a um, you know, macro view. You've got a micro view. So um, obviously, it's common for people to say, always trust your gut and instinct. And um, you know, when it comes to really big, strong decisions. Here's another thing, though. I was just going to say, I was just going to back up that. And then I'll just interrupt myself. You know, a lot of people have got to make really, really big decisions in their life and they go with their gut. Why don't you do some more research? Why don't you go with the facts? Um, so I think a lot of people are using intuition and gut as um, an excuse not to do proper research um, and, and really a cover-up of them being emotional. Um, so, yeah, just just be balanced in that. I, I'm not definitely not saying that um, trusting your gut and your intuition is bad. Of course, I'm not. But always go with your intuition or gut. I do think it's one-sided advice, and I think you should trust both. Logic, facts, as well as... If you if you've loved been researching and researching and you're split, then, of course, you make your decision with your instinct. But if you've got no experience in an industry, you've got no instinct because you haven't got any experience in it. You've only got experience in what you've done. All right, and then last one, stick with what you know. Stay in your lane. Um, well, no, how are you going to ever grow if you stick with what you know? Reinvent yourself. I've just um, finished a book with Joe Ratner called Reinvent Yourself. That's all about you know, changing your career when you want, not when lockdown or COVID or quarantine or redundancy wants it's all about evolving and growing and being adaptable which gives you confidence and longevity so no don't stick with what you know learn new stuff when you learn new stuff it expands your mind when you stick with what you know and is comfortable you're staying comfortable and, and you know you never grow in your comfort zone the one thing that's guaranteed in life is evolution green you grow and if you're ripe you rot evolve or die so do new stuff that expands the mind don't just stick with what you know cool that was fun I hope you thought it was fun. Please share this if you thought it was useful, if you thought that there was any useful tips in here. if um, Let me know if anything that you thought to be true, I've got you to think differently about, because that is my job. Um, you know, if you, um, I'm not, they don't call me the disruptive entrepreneur for nothing. John Paul has asked, will the book I've written with Gerald Ratner called Reinvent Yourself be on Audible? Yes, it will, but it will be on paperback first. It's coming out mid-November, I believe. It probably won't be out until 2021 on Audible. We staged the launches. Um, it's an amazing book. It really is. Gerald's got an amazing story. Um, and I've added all my bits for reinvention in because I've done a lot of that in the past. I've reinvented my career many times, um, reinvented our industry a lot of times, reinvented our business model. Um, and I think that it will really help you. And I think this, I mean, when could you have a more perfect time to write a book called Reinvent Yourself with the whole world? You know, reinvent or die, it probably should be called at the moment. Right. So let me summarise then the 30 myths we covered. Um, never give up on your goals. Yeah, give up on what's wrong. Um, You have nothing to fear. You can eliminate fear. No, fear is important. It keeps you um, surviving, but just contextualise it. The best things come to those who wait. No, they don't. The best things come to those who go and get it. Build it and they will come. No, it doesn't. You have to go and drag them to your establishment. Ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. It's ignorance. Um, Take massive, big risks. No, take small, progressive, incremental ones. Go big or go home, go all in. No, um, that's a gamble. Never go all in. Again, take calculated progressive risks. Never have a plan B. No, don't have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. Um, Don't listen to those who don't have any experience. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh, listen to everyone. Um, Talk less, listen more. If you want something done properly, do it yourself. No, get someone who's more experienced than you to do it. Um, You have to learn the thing. That you want to hire for before you hire for it. No, 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 no. You have to hire someone who's really good at it. Hire on attitude over experience. Uh uh uh. Hire on, you can hire on both or hire on experience. Um, setting targets and goals is good. Yes, it is. But setting uh, fear setting and knowing the downsides and the challenges along the way, that's true wisdom. Um, what intelligence is, book smarts and education and IQ, not just those. In fact, those things can really limit you. It's EQ. It's adaptability to change. It's managing your emotions, etc. Money can't buy happiness. Bullshit. Yes, it can. Or it can buy the things that can give you more happiness. Time. Freedom. Choice. Laziness is a bad trait. Not if it's admin or non-income generating tasks. Or not if you're trying to find a shortcut. Then it can be good. Don't be morbid. Don't be negative. Well, actually, half of life is morbid and negative, And death and negativity are a guarantee. So you should face those and... Um, Be very wary of your own mortality. It will make you live longer um, um, and it will make you live more. You will shine more brightly. You will take, um, you'll be more grateful for life. Um, The power of vulnerability and being vulnerable. Not to the wrong people. They could turn it against you. It's happened to me. Um, Life and business and success its hard. It's hard. It's a struggle. It's not. It's just new because remember, every winner was once a beginner and every master was once a disaster. Keep your opinions to yourself. Actually, encourage anyone to share their opinions. Just know that they are opinions, but you can learn from them. Um, Right. What else have we got? I'm just doing a summary for you because I'm told the summaries are good. Um, I'm not creative. People aren't creative. They're they're, they're not a creative type. That's nonsense. Everyone's creative because creation and creating is creative. Creative is serving, solving, scaling, figuring out, tweaking, testing, improving. Um, Being a jack of, uh, of all trades and master of none is a bad thing. You've got to focus on one thing forever. Uh uh Most really good entrepreneurs are generalists. Um, and remember, those that survive are those that are adaptable to change and change when needed to change and reinvent their career. Not everyone has their one thing. Most people don't. Next, always be hustling 24 7, 365. No days off, motherfucker. No. no, 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 no. You'll get burnout, mental health issues, you'll make mistakes. And um, what's the point in um, you know, ha- being rich and then not having anything else? So you can and be more sustainable, long term, more balanced, you can. And that moves us to the next point, work-life balance. It's a bit of a myth, to be honest. Harmony and blend are, I think, achievable, but it's always moving and you've always got to check your routine. don't know if you can see the little books there. Routine equals results. If you struggle with routine, if your routine's changed too much or you get overwhelmed or you just think you've got your life in order and then it all goes to shit, you need to read routine equals results. It'll give you a bit of Order and priority, your key life areas, your key result areas, your income generating tasks. That's what you focus on. Compartmentalising your diary, isolating yourself from distraction. Prioritising the right working environment. Okay, always go with your gut, trust your instinct and your intuition. Not if you're not experienced. Um, and don't excuse that for being overly emotional. Um, and then finally, stick with what you know. No, don't stick with what you know. Learn more, grow, evolve, develop. Get comfortably hung comfortable So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Those of you that have just tuned in, you've missed a treat. We've covered nearly 30 things, I think 29 um, different conventional wisdom, sound bites, common sense that's not conventional and um, maybe even not wise or at least um, one-sided. Thank you for all the stars that are coming in. Um, Please share this if you found it useful. Um, I'll have an audio version on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. We've got a few threads going, a few exciting things happening over the next week in the disruptive entrepreneurs community. You are awesome, I love you all, and remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk it. Hit that share button, let's help as many entrepreneurs as we can. We're all in this together.